Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Basics podcast. I am Ferris here with my co-host, Gordon. Today is the 28th of June, 2021. The price of Bitcoin is 34535 The block height is 689013 Now, Gordon, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, thanks, mate. What's the price of... What's $1? How many Satoshis is it? That's right. I knew I forgot something, man. Thank you. So $1 will get you 2,896 Satoshis. So for those of you just catching up, uh, Bitcoin has eight decimal points and a Satoshi is that very last decimal point. And at this stage, yeah, one US dollar will get you 2,893 Satoshis. So today, Gordon, we have a listener-driven question. This question is from Dan. And Dan's question, which I have condensed because it was a decent long one. I had a lot of details in there. Uh, All right. So here we go with Dan's question. I've been studying Bitcoin for over a year, but I haven't bought any yet because I couldn't figure out how to buy Bitcoin anonymously. Let's say if I purchase a Bitcoin from you paying cash using my Bitcoin wallet on my iPhone. What kind of personal data would Bitcoin retain from my blue wallet app and iPhone? Would Bitcoin capture my IP address, username, blue wallet app? And what kind of data would transfer from your phone and wallet? So here I'm presuming when Dan's saying, would Bitcoin capture my IP address? I'm going to presume he's talking about the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, and I'll differentiate between the app that he is using, the wallet app that he's using, and the blockchain itself. Did you know we provide a help desk at BitcoinBasics.help? Do you need help buying Bitcoin on an exchange or transferring your Satoshis to a Bitcoin wallet? Perhaps you need assistance with setting up a desktop, mobile, or hardware wallet. Is your security hygiene up to date? We provide individual, one-on-one support, regardless of your understanding of Bitcoin, size of investment, or level of technical ability. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. So the blockchain, the uh, so what we're going to do, guys, is um, I'm going to give a generic, quick um, response, and then we'll get Gordon to dig down into a little more detail here. So from my understanding is the blockchain itself, it's the information that's gathering is the sender's public address and the recipient's um, address. So that is the account that the Bitcoin wallet's being sent from and sent to. Um, there is a transactions involved in there as well. That is the, um, the mining component that's involved. So essentially it's like sending from one address to another. It does not have the bot blockchain will not keep track of the app that it's sent from. It does not keep track of your iPhone IP address. It doesn't keep track of anything personal. It's just, you know, it's basically like when you send money from one bank account to another, it will just show um, name, bank account number, and details. And that name can be your name, a business name. It's whatever you put in your wallet. Um, It doesn't have to be a name. Um, So it's the same thing with the Bitcoin blockchain. It just records the sendee address the recipient address, the amount of Bitcoins, and sometimes you can include a note. Uh, The app that you're using, they may contain much more information than that. The um, 
IP address of your phone or MAC address, all this different kind of stuff involved, the metadata, uh, time of day, all that kind of stuff will be involved depending on your app. So there's two different players here. One is the blockchain, which is just keeps track of how many Satoshis from what address to which address, the time, the block height, that's the transaction involved and the transaction fee. But as far as your personal details from your device, that doesn't go into the Bitcoin blockchain, but the app um, or wallet that you are using may contain that information. Uh, Gordon, how do I go with that one? Perfect, Ferris. I think you covered absolutely everything and I have nothing else to say. Well, anyone who's listened for more than half a podcast, well, that's not true. <laughs> no, you, you actually covered pretty much everything. Um, just as a complete aside, Dan was talking about Blue Wallet. Um, that's a fantastic wallet. It is quite advanced. You've got many features and I love Blue Wallet because it's open source. It's got, you know, fee control and um, it's got hardware wallet support and all that kind of stuff as well. So uh, listeners might want to check out Blue Wallet. But um, yeah, Faris, I think you covered it. And the real question is, uh, separating Bitcoin, the protocol, from Bitcoin software, which is what Faris sort of explained. So there's those two sort of levels there. And I guess the analogy would be the internet protocol or internet protocols such as TCP, IP versus your internet service provider. So the internet itself, you know, the internet is a company, internet just does its thing. It's not recording anything, but your internet service provider Maybe maybe uh, capturing something or an app or whatnot. So, yeah, I think that's it in a nutshell, Faris. The blockchain really doesn't contain any personal information. Uh, nodes. So uh, to get a little bit into the weeds, full nodes will actually relay IP addresses. So I guess the only thing that you may be concerned about is your IP address, which is not necessarily your home address, but that's perhaps something that um, you might not want to be recorded in real time, especially. So use a VPN or use Tor. But as far as said, all the rest is really up to the app. So is the app storing your email address, password, name, you know, um, physical address, uh, phone number, and all that kind of stuff? That is specific to the particular Bitcoin software or Bitcoin exchange. Um. Don't know if you want to go into this now, Gordon, but can you actually buy a Bitcoin anonymously? Because this is what Dan wanted to do from day one and um, missed out on a significant bull run if he's uh, hasn't bought over a year ago. That was the next point on my list, how to buy Bitcoin anonymously. And it actually ties into the next episode that we're going to record on different types of Bitcoin. It's extremely difficult. And uh, even if you want to buy Bitcoin, say with cash, um, you've got to find someone who wants to sell you that Bitcoin. Well, how are you going to find them? As far as I know, in terms of exchanges, HODL HODL is the only major exchange which doesn't require KYC. But even then, you're still, so for example, the person you're actually buying Bitcoin from, you're still divulging your name, your bank account details. So it's it's pretty much impossible nowadays to buy Bitcoin anonymously, you can use a decentralized exchange. So the one that I recommend is called BISC, B-I-S-Q dot network. And that's a decentralized exchange and it's just matching up buyers and sellers. But if you decide to do a bank transfer, then 
again, your seller is getting your bank information. So in terms of buying Bitcoin anonymously, no. In terms of buying Bitcoin privately, yes. So when you say buying, well, sorry, first and foremost, when someone's referring to cash, I don't presume in this day and age they're actually referring to physical cash because I know early days you used to have to buy Bitcoin that way. You'd meet someone in a dark alley, hand them cash, and then they transfer Bitcoins on the spot to your mobile wallet or hand them to you on a USB stick or something like that. Um, those are the days. But today when someone's saying cash, what are they actually referring to? Yeah, they might not be referring to cash, but for example, on say something like BISC.network or some sort of a decentralized marketplace, you could actually say... And it's quite rare nowadays, but you could actually say, you know, I'm in this major city, I'll meet you at Starbucks and uh, buy, you know, $100 worth of Bitcoin. They would need to know perhaps your name or they would see your username on the exchange. Um, but as long as you are both there at the same time, you could do that anonymously. You could hand over cash and they send you Bitcoin to your wallet without any identification. But Nowadays, that's pretty much non-existent and you're probably more likely to be leading, meeting with a three-letter agency rather than an actual person who wants to sell you Bitcoin. And I cannot emphasize this enough. Um, as Gordon just said, you know, please don't go to Starbucks. It's not coffee. It's just sugar and water. I, I agree, mate. I'm not on. I'm not on board the Starbucks train. I'm really not. You brought it up. You could use any example in the world as as a meeting place. <laughs> as a meeting place. So oh, yeah, I know no. it's sugar water. That's horrible. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share, so we can find others like yourself. But yeah, that's basically what Dan was asking, and uh, he he basically need to separate Bitcoin protocol from the Bitcoin software or the Bitcoin app or the Bitcoin exchange. Um, but yeah, I mean, as all this stuff for us, use best practices. Um, if you are paranoid and you, and you should be about your security, then use stuff like a VPN, use Tor, use say a Linux computer. And, and by the way, if you're using an Android or, or iPhone, so without getting too paranoid, um, you're also trusting them as well. You're also trusting that they're not capturing information and doing other stuff with it as well. Or, you know, the, the Torch app or the Bitcoin widget or the Candy Crush app that you've got installed on your phone, that doesn't have access to, you know, your keyboard and other stuff as well. So you're kind of trusting multiple parties and, you know, you have to trust someone. Um, you can't build a computer or a phone from scratch. So uh, minimize your counterparty risk. And um, Faris, if someone wanted to perhaps uh, implement some of these best practices, this InfoSec, cybersecurity, OPSEC, privacy, what would they do? I was about to ask you that because I know we have a dedicated channel where we've spent hours where we actually explain to people how to set up a VPN, how to set up a secure computer, and that is available for free at bitcoinbasics.help. Thanks, Faris. Thanks, Stan, for the question. If you have a question, head across to bitcoinbasics.help. We have a big red button where you can record your question for the show. And also, we've mentioned a couple of wallets and hardware wallets and exchanges. Uh, we have a recommended section on our site where you can check that as well, including a free monthly newsletter to sign up to. So thanks again for the question, Faris. Thank, 
not your question. Thank you, Dan, for the question. And we'll see you in the next one. All right. Excellent. Short and sweet. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit BitcoinBasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.